The road goes ever on and on, down from the door where it began. Now, far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow, if I can. Pursuing it with eager feet, until it joins some larger way, where many paths and errands meet, and whither then, I cannot say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eldorn's Nerdy Travels. This is episode seven. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. On today's episode, we venture forth from the Green Dragon and go on a truly epic adventure together, but one does not simply walk into Mordor alone. He needs a trustworthy traveling companion to accompany him, so today I welcome to the show a very special friend. There is a lot more in him than you guess, and a deal more than he has any idea of himself. Welcome to the Fellowship, Justin. How are you doing today? Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if that works out to a compliment or not. <laughs> I'm doing I great. I'm uh, very excellent. happy to be here. Excellent. I am uh, excited that you're here, and I'm excited that you have joined me. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, having you on is going to be incredibly helpful, so just I'll look behind the scenes a little bit. Last week's episode, I wrote about a 3,000-word page just for my notes to prep for tonight, or for, for last week's episode, sorry, and tonight I have about 200 words ready to go, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be really uh, leaning on you here, and I'm excited to, to have you here to, uh, yeah, to really uh, engage in the conversation, because it's okay. going to be sweet. Well, I'll try to uh, endure under the pressure. I have a, f I have a few, a few uh, very minor notes as well, just to, uh, while I've been thinking about this uh, show that we're going to do tonight, um, Lots of lots of things have been popping through my head, and I uh, I didn't want to uh, to blank on some of them. Some of them I'm really excited to talk about. So, no, that's really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I've definitely found that just yeah having a set of notes in front of me is a super helpful thing to have going into a show. Trying to do it just off the top of my head never seems to go as well. But uh, why don't we start kind of yeah maybe with the our our history with the franchise kind of what. Um, yeah, what you got, what got you into Lord of the Rings, kind of what your history was. Uh, let's start with books and stuff first. Okay, so I had I had heard of the book. I had just heard the title, The Lord of the Rings. I, I was familiar with the name, but I knew uh, absolutely nothing about it. Um, and then I was probably about uh, eighteen or nineteen, and uh, I was with a couple other people going to see. I think one of the one of the Fast and Furious uh movies um probably one of the f one of the first ones because that was a while ago um mm -hmm. and remember seeing a trailer um for the fellowship of the ring okay and was just uh blown away thought the trailer looked fantastic again i didn't know anything about the uh the story itself but um but i loved the you know the the setting of it and it looked very exciting and i love the medieval uh kind of stuff there um and there were there were three of us it was uh myself um uh a guy friend and a girl friend and uh the guy and i looked at each other like oh this looks awesome we, we have to go see this <laughs> and the yeah. girl was like whatever you guys are losers um, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so it was it was probably still a good while before the movie came out and uh but i decided that before i went to go see it that i would um 
that I would read the first book uh, oh, excellent. before before seeing that movie. So uh, so I did, and um, actually, yeah, I I loved it. Um, so I, I I think I had just I'd finished the first book, went to go see the first movie, and then after that, um, because it was a year uh, until the next one came out. Um, by then, I had long read uh, The Two Towers and uh, The Return of the King as well. Um, so that was interesting. I The funny thing is when I first read Lord of the Rings, or sorry, Fellowship of the Ring, I sort of sort of had to picture the characters um, just in my mind, how I imagined right. them. But then after yeah. seeing the Fellowship and seeing most of the main characters, then... Uh, then of course, as I read the rest of the books, you know now I can yeah, picture always... Aragorn and I can picture Sam yeah. and, and everything. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that that was uh, that was that was fun. I yeah, I loved it, and I've um, I think I've probably read through the books um, completely, maybe two or three times. Um, probably read mm-hmm. the Fellowship of the Rings half a dozen times, right? Um, and I've seen the movies uh, more times than I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. So I have a bit of a confession to make. I only first finished reading the books Friday night. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing. That, that was the very first time I've actually made it all the way through all the books. That was one of my big goals I had this this year I set out for myself was I was going to read Lord of the Rings front to back. And yeah, I finally finally finished it this year. I started it back in high school. I got through Fellowship and maybe halfway through Two Towers. Okay. And then put it down for whatever reason and tried picking it up a few times and just never got all the way through it. But then this year was the year I was able to to yeah, finally uh finally conquer this set of books and yeah, read them front to back. Now you started from the beginning again? Yeah, I started from the beginning this year. Um actually I, I made a spreadsheet for myself to uh kind of keep track of my reading plan and i just my goal was just i'm gonna do 50 pages a week and then have it done so i started it on august would have been august 1st and i just finished it last week so okay (laughs) so it took me a while but i i did get through it all now do you remember how far you got when you started reading in high school because i i have a i have a a thought on this but i I just want to hear what you have to say yeah so it was it was about halfway through the two towers i think that's at least that's where the spine was creased on my cover copy of the book because okay. i have uh, um i just have uh, a one one volume version where uh, all three books are in in one book okay and uh I, you can see all, all the creases in the spine were about up to about halfway through the book and then they, they just stopped okay <laughs> because um, i find that um yeah each each book is sort of divided into two books so the two towers is books three and four right. um book uh book three is is um is great it's all great but i find that um sometimes uh the the sections about frodo and sam they have their their interesting moments their funny moments um mm-hmm. but there is a lot of um i don't want to say it drags on but um, it's definitely a little bit slower. There's a lot of uh, detail about the surroundings. And uh, I, I feel like that's almost a little bit uh, the point of, uh, of some of that. It kind of gives you that same feeling, which, which he does. Um, he's really good at kind of instilling some of the uh, feelings of the characters on you as you're reading it. Um, mm-hmm. I think like Frodo and Sam are kind of feeling like this is going on and we're never going to get there. Um, yeah. But that I, I do find that is 
the more difficult uh, the read. Because I actually recently heard from somebody who was at the same part. They got a little ways into the second half of the Two Towers, so yeah, book and four, and then they fell off of it as well, which is yeah, a horrible shame. But yeah, cool. And yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, I think I remember seeing both the first two movies. I think we just ended up renting them. So I didn't see them in theaters. I don't think uh, the only one I ended up catching in theaters was, was um, the return of the King. Um, but yeah, since then I've, I've watched them tons of times and probably still one of my favorite movie series for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I definitely saw the fellowship in theater, like opening week and then nice. uh, two towers and return of the King uh i went to like the midnight showing um oh very cool <laughs> uh got got tickets and started waiting in line at like ten thirty, and then at midnight on release day uh you could watch it so that oh, was very uh, cool. that was pretty fun yeah all right so let's maybe start talking about some of our i don't know maybe favorite differences or some of the yeah, things that you like in the books versus the movies or whether you you liked some of the interpretations of the movies or there's certain things in the movies you didn't like and uh, yeah, that sort of thing. What do you think? Should we start with Tom Bombadil? What's uh, your opinion on, Tom, on old Tom? You know what? Just because I find that uh, when people, uh, when you talk about the differences from the movies to the books, that's, that's what popped into my mind first. Um, right. I know there was a lot of uh upset <laughs> upset Tolkien fans that Tom Bombadil didn't make any sort of uh appearance so he's at the top of my notes here actually um mm -hmm. I have no Tom Bombadil uh and I for obvious reasons I think it's obvious why why he wasn't uh wasn't put in the movies um he's a very cool character in the books uh I think he would be difficult to put on the screen first of all yeah um because he's a, kind of a very uh yeah he's a very goofy uh carefree but extremely powerful character and that seems like it would be a hard thing to portray um yeah on screen um and the movie is taking a pretty serious tone at that point right um, so having this kind of yeah goofy guy who runs around in his uh you know paddington boots and uh yeah. and and singing songs and bringing flowers to goldberry uh fantastic in the book um probably not fantastic in a movie mm -hmm. yeah i agree i um yeah also really enjoyed his parts in the book but uh yeah i could totally understand why they decided to cut him it um yeah he saves them it's from the barrel weights is that that's correct yes. uh, later on yeah comes back again so you, you meet him twice in the first book but really they're they're just kind of cutting out that one little section of the of their travels there and you can kind of take it or leave it in the uh as far as the overall plot goes mm -hmm. i mean it's uh it's an important part of this of the story i think but it is but it's also um you have to remember that like they're they're trying to cram so much content in. Oh, for um, sure. They have to be. They must have been thinking during the writing process uh, the whole time about, you know, what's the most important thing? What can we cut out without losing anything? And uh, yeah, for Tom Bombadil fans, it might be hard to hear, but um, I think that was an an easier section of the book to cut out um, without definitely without taking 
much away from people who hadn't read the books and didn't know about him. Um, right. Just disappointing for people who were, uh, were yeah, looking forward to big fans the and wanted to see that uh, in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in the, yeah, or when once they're, they're captured by the Barrow White, um, that's where they get all, all the hobbits get their swords and stuff. All their their fancy uh, swords. That's how right. do they how do they get geared up in the movies? Do you remember? Because I don't remember. Or do they just have swords on them? I don't think they have um, weapons other than uh, Frodo having uh, sting. The Frodo gets sting. Yeah, that from... he gets from Bilbo. Um, and that's yeah, maybe that's right. in maybe Rivendell, right? Yes, in Rivendell he gets sting and he gets um, the Mithril shirt. Um, yeah. I don't think they really have any sort of daggers or weapons um i know in the in the movie um <laughs> i feel like i'm i'm going to be a little bit more familiar with the, with the movies um but uh i know that, oh, that they get gifts when they go to uh lothlorien right as they're leaving lothlorien uh lady right. galadriel gives them all uh presents and yep. mary and pippin get the their daggers okay they're elvish daggers yeah um i remember because sam sam gets the uh the elvish rope which is very cool but he kind of looks up and he's like uh yeah. <laughs> have any like, more of those shiny daggers yeah <laughs> um part of the part of the gift sequence i think was um in the extended edition which i mean is really the only edition to watch at this point oh for sure yeah, take the extra night and split them up. And, yeah, if yeah. you have to set aside <laughs> yeah. eleven hours and watch the whole thing. So, uh, speaking of sections that I think were probably fairly easy to cut, the scouring of the Shire at the end. I mean, that's a very cool section of the books, but it makes sense that they cut that too. I think. Agreed. Um, I love that part. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is because. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not ready for the books to end, so I'm happy to yeah. <laughs> uh, to keep reading anything uh, that uh, Tolkien is going to keep giving us. But uh, it is it is really uh, an interesting interesting uh, section how uh, how they're coming home and and facing this and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool to see how how Merry and Pippin have grown as characters and then they're able to come back and kind of really lead the lead the charge against Saruman and all his all his thugs yeah and and take the, the shire back that was really cool yeah absolutely they come back and they're so uh so confident um i think at one point they're uh they're talking to some guards armed guards uh through through a you know a gated uh fence and uh they look at each other and they're like uh, like yeah the two of us should be enough right and they just hop the fence and they're like yeah we, we're gonna deal with this yeah <laughs> i really like how they um really lean into the ant water a little bit more in the books and how much they've really significantly grew from oh yeah in the ant water yeah 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 they're big hobbits <laughs> but, now yeah yeah no that was cool um yeah what else do you got on your list there for uh things that are kind of different okay well um one of the things i have from early on in the story um Maybe not too significant, but I um, a big difference is uh, the time that passes in the books between the party when and when Frodo gets the ring yes. to yes. when uh, Gandalf finally 
I don't know if he had been there in between at all, but he comes back and before um before any of this happens and they and they set out on this quest, you know, before they set out for Rivendell, uh seventeen years have gone by. Yeah. Because Frodo is thirty-three at his um, right. this birthday party, he turns thirty-three. Yeah. It's his it's his coming of age. He's no longer a a foolish uh, tween. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Bilbo is uh, one forty-four at the party. Um, so now, yeah, now now it's seventeen years have gone by. Uh, Frodo is fifty, um, and uh, and Bilbo has been in Rivendell, which is why in the movie when you see Bilbo next, he's. Uh, no longer, no longer under the uh, the the age assistance of the ring, um, and he's looking he's looking a little shabbier when we see him next. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, actually, I I mean on that talking about age, um, in the in the movie, yeah, I mean they they portray Frodo, what's his name, Elijah Wood. He's looking like maybe he's in his mid twenties or something. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah. he's actually he's actually a fifty year old Hobbit. Um, yeah, he's the same age when he goes, you know, on the all the events of the Fellowship as uh, as Bilbo was roughly when Bilbo headed out the door uh, in the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but uh, Bilbo in in the movie The Hobbit, he looks a little bit closer to that uh, than uh, than Frodo does. In, yeah, that's uh, true. In Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, another thing, I guess, is that. Uh, Mary and Pippin are in the book significantly younger than Frodo. Yep. yep. Um, I'm not sure what the difference is there, but they're they are they are much younger and they're you know they're they're immature and and whatever. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. So, what do you think about Legolas and Gimli? I feel like they were in the movies a whole lot more than they were in the books, but. Mi- yeah, I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the movies, they tried to um, kind of, in a way, limit the number of of major characters that were that yes. were in the movie, but then tried to have as much content with those characters as possible. Yeah, and and really try to push those like the development of those those characters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there is some great stuff in the in the books. Um, with that you can see the the development of the relationship as well between Legolas and Gimli yeah. um yeah and they and they definitely brought that over into the movies which is which is nice yeah one of my favorite parts in the books was how they're talking or what uh the the mines or the the caves that Gimli was saying were the mm-hmm. I forgot what forgot the name of the caves now but they're the coolest caves ever and Legolas is like no I'm never going to set foot in caves but eventually they yeah become friends and they're like all right if we make it through all this stuff I'll go through your caves but then you're coming with me to Fangorn Forest and you're going to come through there and yeah and we're don't both they gonna... do that I don't I don't and think they, they um mention it well, in, in the movies but in the books no in the books yeah 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 um, um afterwards when they go their separate ways i think legolas and gimli head off together yeah yeah and they do and that's what they said uh yeah they go set out and do what they said they were going to so i, mm-hmm. I thought that was neat um but uh, talking about characters uh being in the movie a lot more than in the books uh how about arwen yes yeah so like um yeah in the movies they arwen saves frodo um and when it's supposed to be glorfindale in the books that's right um 
yeah um which makes sense yeah because arwen's not in the books a lot <laughs> and but you kind of know she's she's not in the books a lot she's almost never in the um like current action in the books i think right. most of when she's even mentioned it's sort of a uh like alluding back to uh to history um mm-hmm. you know aragorn's memories or something right right um but yeah glorfindel that was another one people were whatever that's the whole thing about this right i mean you no matter what you're never going to please everybody you're never going to perfectly please anybody when it comes to this uh because you know these lord of the rings fans uh of all degrees some take it far too seriously and there's no way you're going to make it uh perfect but um, (laughs) but yeah anyway glorfindel was uh yeah i mean an important guy but didn't pop into the books for very long um so yeah in a movie you can't introduce a character like that then not have any time to develop him and then say goodbye to him for the rest of the trilogy yep for sure yeah same with the the dude and dine later on as well they're uh because they're supposed to go through um what's the cave what's the valley of the dead the dead place yeah dead place yep yeah i think that's yeah it. anyway um we are the uh, A1 scholars of Tolkien uh, lore. <laughs> the dead place that Aragorn walks through. And yeah, because in the movies, it's just Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas. But in, yeah. uh, in the bo- books, all the Dune and Dan go with uh, Aragorn. So okay. I, those I, guys I'm are... not sure I remember that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movies didn't only cut characters. There's a few parts that the movies added, which I think were was pretty cool. Um. I guess the main one that comes to mind is is the battle with the the war riders. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because that that never happens in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that's a really cool fight, and uh, yeah, definitely cool to see in the movie. Yeah. For any sure. other any other additions that you can think of that were that were neat? Additions that weren't in the in the books. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of the only one I can think of. But yeah. Um... Yeah, most of the yeah, because I mean, because you have a huge amount of content in the books, you think of most of the changes as being uh, trimming things being, away. I'm I'm sure yeah, there's sure. Uh, I'm sure there's some more. Uh, um, I know there's so much addition in the uh, the Hobbit movie, but that's not what we're talking about here. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I. I, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything uh, else that is... Well, I guess I guess one thing that I guess you could say is added in is um, at the end of the Fellowship and beginning of the Two Towers, uh, when Boromir dies, um, the book never gives you, like, the play-by-play on his, his battle. And, uh, you know, you picture it in the movie and he's getting shot by the, the three arrows from the, the big, mm-hmm. big Urukai. Um, in the books... Again, Tolkien sort of leaving you hanging because uh, as the other characters, they wouldn't have known what was going on. They don't know right. uh, at the time what happened uh, to Merry and Pippin. Boromir, sorry, Boromir, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli aren't sure at first where any of them have gone. Um, right. But yeah, they, they, they don't know what happened to Boromir until, they, uh, until Aragorn finds him. Um, which doesn't happen until the beginning of the two towers, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Um, 
yeah, because in the in the end of the Fellowship of the Ring, because it's kind of it's a it's a good way to wrap up the movie. I mean, you have that action sequence, and it's very yeah. uh, dramatic with Boromir's death. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's how they start off the action with the uh, with the trio Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and then of course they they head out on their hunt to not leave uh, Merry and Pippin to torment and death. <laughs> right, track them down. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think we need to at least talk about how incredible Smeagol was for a minute or two. Absolutely. In, uh, in the movies. I mean, just, yeah, absolutely awesome. <laughs> yeah, from uh, the voice. Now, if I remember, in the first movie, when you, you just get a small glimpse of, of Gollum, I think, a couple times they sort of realize um, that Gollum has been following them. Right. I think maybe Frodo finally notices him and mentions it, and yep. then uh, is it is it uh, Gandalf that says that he's been following them for three days? Uh, could be. I was thinking it was Aragorn, but it might have been Gandalf. Um, but anyway, because they in Moria they first notice they first notice him when they're on the on the boats, right? When they leave down when they're down going down the river on the elf boats. Uh, I, think I think that's, that's later because I think. They're in Moria, and they're sort of taking a, a bit of a rest. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah, and they right. see Gollum. You're right. And you see him, and he's just sort of like peeking over a, a ladder or something. Um, you just yep. sort of see like kind of the top of his head, and then you see him go back down again. And that's when they're right. sitting there, and Frodo kind of is nervous because he thinks they're being followed. And Gandalf is very calmly sitting there, maybe smoking a pipe <laughs> or something. And he says yeah, that yeah. <laughs> he's been following them for three days. But later, yeah, you're right. Um when they're in the elf boats, um, he's uh, he's hanging onto a log and just like yeah. just riding the yeah. current uh, along with them. Um, he just can't can't leave the ring behind. <laughs> um, but he yeah, super super well done. Um, I mean, amazing, interesting character in the books. Um, yep. But just brought to life amazingly in the movies, both by. Um, yeah, so much, so much uh, credit to Andy Serkis with the uh, the yep. voice work, amazing. Um, everybody, everybody does their terrible impression of of Gollum now, but uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> the the original is is of course uh, the best, and yeah, uh, and how he did um, like the motion capture, if yeah. I remember, um, well, motion capture. He had um, he had this yeah, the, kind the of white spandexy suits, yeah. suit. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think he did some, some he did some motion capture but I think f- for a lot of it because um Gollum has very different proportions than a than a person um he would wear that suit so that they could edit him out of the scene and then they would they would have to CGI Gollum in later but they would use a lot of his uh body movements to yeah. uh um yeah, huge influence to how how Gollum would move. Um, was there there was there was one kind of it was in the uh, the extra content on one of the DVDs. I remember they were talking about how uh, uh, they had filmed this. The maybe the there's a bit of a fight scene when uh, uh, I think Gollum is fighting Sam. Maybe when he first catches up with them, uh, like b- okay. before before Frodo draws his sting and like has it at his throat. Um, but in in the when they filmed it, it looked like uh, Andy Circus had like headbutted uh, uh, <laughs> Sam, which 
I yeah. mean, which of course wasn't going to fly. So instead they made, uh, I think they made him uh, bite him instead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those appendices are, are really cool. I really uh, appreciate how much they show you about like how they, how they made things in the movie and how they made things work. Um, yeah. It's just a really good watch. If, yeah. if you're into any of that, that sort of thing. And uh, I think they were having a bit of trouble. So that's why I say like in the first, in the fellowship, you see his face, but he looks a little bit different. And I remember hearing that they couldn't quite get the look of Gollum quite right. Um, but okay. eventually they decided to model Gollum, after, like Gollum's face, after Andy Serkis's face a bit. And, uh, and once they, could... they did that, then then it really kind yeah. of settled into the character. And yeah, now it, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you have anything else on your notes yet that, uh, that we haven't hit? Um... I have I have lots of stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep going then. What do you got? Um Okay, so in uh I I found this kind of interesting and I'm not completely sure why, so maybe you can give me your 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 uh your thoughts on why this is. Um if you remember when they leave Rivendell, um they have to decide what path to take. So right. the I think the options are basically choosing between going through the mines of moria yep or going over uh caradras over the, the mountains yep. or um the third option is through the gap of rohan uh which i think they write off very early on because it they've now realized that saruman is a traitor and that path takes them very close to isengard so they're not going to okay, do that yeah. so it's kind of between um caradras which uh apparently is the only path over the misty mountains um mm -hmm. or or moria so you're either going over the mountain or you're going under the mountain yeah. uh now in the movie um gandalf is afraid to go to moria right he's very nervous about it um and aragorn is the one uh right. i believe suggesting that they go over over caradras and uh other than that, it's it's kind of similar. I think they face the same thing. I think they yeah, did a good job of uh, really showing how you know the the scene on Caradhras. I thought was fantastic. I I don't know yeah, if absolutely. the hearing Saruman's voice on the wind was in the books, but either way, no, I don't think so. It was, uh, I, I it was, was really kind good. of I was kind of looking for that in the uh, in the books, but yeah, I don't think that that happened in the book. Now in but in the books, Gandalf really wants to go to moria but aragorn is very apprehensive about going into moria um he mentions that he had been there before and he does not recommend <laughs> zero to <Okay>. ten <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't know what the reason for for that change um would be other than maybe i mean it's building up towards the scene um the confrontation of gandalf with the balrog if Gandalf right. had been all like, hey, yeah, let's go to Moria. Uh, and then there's a Balrog, this huge, evil, fiery demon, and it kills him. It's like, well, that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't come across well in the movie. I mean, it didn't seem to be um, out of place in the books. But maybe in the movie, yeah. when everything's happening closer together, then mm -hmm. that seems... Uh, they, they were in the mines a lot longer in the books, too. Like, it, it took them a while to get through them. Oh, yeah. And they, they didn't know where they were going for a long time. And you know, it was several several days of travel, at least. And obviously, that's going to go faster in a movie. But uh. Yeah, yeah. It, um, 
it's definitely one of the one of those things where they're just like you know starting to feel suffocated and it's just dragging on and they're and they're looking for yeah. the end um was there something different about the way that they found the door to moria who who came up with the answer to the riddle because the riddle was uh You're speak right. friend and enter right and i think in the because in the movie it's frodo that comes up with the answer mm-hmm um, cause he's, he's like, what he, Frodo asks, what's the Elvish word for friend, uh, which Gandalf yeah. says, and then the doors open. But I, I think in the books, Gandalf, uh, Gandalf staring at the door for a while. Then, uh, finally it, he just like, Oh, I've got it. And I, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he has the answer. And then, they yeah, go I in, think that's so. right. Yeah. Um, no, and either yeah, way, very, I think the, cool uh, part. the, the water monster. Yeah. Yeah. The comes after them. I, I think that was was mostly fairly close to how it was in the book. Um, yeah, I thought so. Even with like the cave kind of collapsing, um, the cave entrance collapsing behind them, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. no turning back now. Yep, yeah, we're going through. Another another thing that I thought was kind of interesting um, that Aragorn in in the movie he doesn't want to be king, right? He's he's the heir. Yeah, you see him kind of uh reject the notion he was kind of yeah on one occasion yeah yeah it takes him a bit to come around a lot yeah and but yeah in the books he's definitely like this is what's going to be happening (laughs) yeah he's just i'm not sure in the books um exactly what has you know kind of prevented him from you know heading (laughs) heading to gondor and and taking up uh his his mantle sooner but i think he's kind of in the book um he's like okay this is my time now. And, you know, um, he's a lot mm-hmm. more just like kind of confident and, you know, okay, we're, we're going to do this. Uh, in yep, the, in the books, he's, uh, I know when at the Council of Elrond, Legolas brings it up one time when Boromir is, uh, is kind of uh, shooting off his mouth. Then Legolas yep. stands up for him and he's, uh, he, he just something. Him. And then he's like, yeah. you owe him your allegiance. And uh, so, suddenly, uh, Oh, that's right. But Boromir, he's like, what would a ranger know? Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, and Legolas is like, this is no, this is no ranger. This is Isildur's heir. And then Boromir's like, eh, we don't need a king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also with the sword, um, yeah. Aragorn's sword. In the, in the books, he was carrying along the shards of Narsil with him. Right. He, at, mm-hmm. at one point, he draws his sword, I think, and shows the hobbits, pr- pr- right. probably before Rivendell, um, yep. and it's broken off just a little bit past the hilt. Um, I think he gets it reforged in Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not positive about that, but yeah. I know it's yeah, the, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, it's the shards of shards of Narsil is the name of the sword before, and I think after it's reforged, I think it's called Anduril mm-hmm. in the yep. book. Um, in the movie, the shards are, uh, resting in Rivendell. He doesn't, Boromir is like, oh, still sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and when is it, uh, at some point, is it Elrond that brings it to him later in the movie? I think so. I think so. Yeah. At least that, that's what's in my head right now. Maybe, maybe it's before, I don't know. Cause I think it's kind of like, Hey, it's your time, you know? Stand up, your yep. king, and brings him the yep. sword, and it's a it's do a your cool, duty cool moment. Mm. Yeah, definitely very cool. Um, other than that, uh, 
kind of sad that Fre- that Fatty Bulger um, didn't. Oh make yeah, an the, yeah he yeah he gets cut from the 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 yeah when they leave the Shire. Yeah, he's supposed to be with them and dressing up like Frodo and yeah yeah Frodo he's supposed is, to yeah. be uh, a key element in uh, in Frodo's uh, inconspicuous escape from the Shire. Right. Um, which is yeah the whole beginning of uh, of the book. Every everything takes a lot longer in the books, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's over a long period of time, and I, th- I mean, I think that Frodo was sort of waiting for, wasn't he? Was he waiting for Gandalf to come back? Wasn't Gandalf yes. supposed to join him in the beginning? That's correct. Yeah. Um, but then he never showed up, mm-hmm. and finally he decides he's going to go. Um, and they they all head out, and he's yeah he's made arrangements to move to a house near buckland yeah and uh yeah the plan is that i don't are all four of them going to go at this point or was it still frodo and sam maybe all i think it's all four i think it's all four yeah because yeah fatty um <laughs> such a great name uh yeah. <laughs> was going to stay and and keep up appearances making it look like frodo was still there just keeping yeah. it going for as long as possible right just so that there would be less less chance of anyone finding out that uh, that that Frodo was on his quest, right, right. Because um, yeah, it's a cool scene in the books. Um, not long after they leave the house, oh yeah, and um, <laughs> they have a conversation with uh, with Fatty because um, Fatty's terrified of the forest that they're about to go into. That's right. Um, yep. And uh, and maybe Mary, he's like, oh, well, you're terrified of the forest. Well, have fun dealing with the Nazgul um, <laughs> right. when they come around looking for Frodo. And yeah, yeah. not long after, yeah, um, the Nazgul do come to the house. And by the time they get inside, Fatty is already just booking it out the back door and he's running <laughs> yeah. to the uh, to the, the nearest house or to Buckland or whatever. And they sound the alarms and yeah. uh I guess they end up chasing the the ring wraiths away, but yeah, how how terrifying are the ring wraiths in the movie? That's another thing that I think they did uh, super oh, well. Yeah, they, they nailed them. Yeah, super great. The uh, the scream to just like the appearance, looking in them, and it's just just yeah. darkness. Um, yeah, super super good. All yeah, right, that's that's a that's about all I have in in my notes. All right, so I've got. Uh... One more question for you, yeah. So over the summer, you were talking about the movies a little bit because you had just started rewatching them again with your kids. That's right. And uh, at that point, you were saying you're not sure if the movies hold up quite as well as as <laughs> you you thought. So uh, how how are you feeling now? Did you did you guys finish watching all three of them? Uh, we're not done um, all of them yet. Uh, we're through the first two movies, so we've got the Return of the King left to go. Um, now I want to say, like, the Fellowship of the Ring is a two two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's been a while now. <laughs> it's that's a twenty-year-old movie. Um, yeah, the other two followed in uh, successive years, and like for its time, it is it was fantastic. I think it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Um, they could have totally botched this. Oh, for sure. I think it would have been very easy to do, but they had so much, uh, so many different uh, talents working on these movies. Um, from the from the, the the directing and the and the writing and having to figure out how to put the story together into these into three movies is intimidating enough. Um, the effects department, what a workshop! Uh, what a cool place! I'd love to go there. Someday. Incredible, yeah, me um, too. You want to talk about cool uh, cosplay and prop making? Right, um, exactly. That's like uh, uh, a dream. Um, 
yeah, super cool. Um, the CGI, unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. especially than, for the time, uh, right? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. but not like it's not only effects, but um, and like cool, cool shots and landscapes. Um, but like the CGI department had to, they had to make um Gollum, for example, a total mm-hmm. like totally a CGI character. Every like frame, um, they had to they had to be the actors, right? I mean, they had yep. to uh, they had to make him from from scratch, like and Andy Circus, uh, the voice and the um, what they what they saw in when they when they filmed it, uh, uh, fantastic place to start from. But you still have to have to put all that together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the artists that they had involved in uh, in that, I know they um, they hired on two big. Uh, artists that had been uh had been making uh paintings and drawings and whatever of lord of the rings for uh for years um john howe i think was one of them but these two guys and when when peter jackson hired them he got kind of all this content that they had been working on for a long time uh as well so uh super cool and um i don't know if maybe maybe you agree with me i think the casting on the movie was just spot on. There's not a character yeah, in that sure. movie that I um, would think uh, that I would have cast as somebody else. I can't imagine any of the yeah. characters. Uh, uh, might, that might be a little biased because I have such nostalgia with the with these movies. But um, from from Frodo and Aragorn, like uh, Aragorn especially, I think Aragorn fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Viggo Mortensen yeah. as Aragorn. Well. Yeah, I think everybody, yeah, Merry and Pippin and... Yeah, yeah, even, yeah. like, every, everybody in the Fellowship, fantastic. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. You know what? The If I had to pick one uh, actor that I wasn't crazy about... Wait, let me guess who you're going to say first. Originally, I wasn't. But now, I'm better with it now, maybe because... Okay. But go ahead, guess who I'm going to say. I was going to guess Elrond. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because, uh, maybe, because it wasn't Just that far Agent off Smith. from seeing, yes, Mr. Yeah. Anderson... <laughs> Um, and he's great, but I mean, yeah, with all the other characters, you believe right away that that's the character, but I see Mm -hmm. Elrond, um, I see, um, Hugo Weaving, Hugo Weaving as Elrond and I, and I think of Agent Smith. So, um, he's great, but, uh, but if I had to pick one, sorry, he's getting the boot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but sorry, I sort of dodged the question, um, Oh, that was perfectly fine. It was not a very nice question. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think uh, I think it's kind of like when you um, when you you play a video game when you're when you're younger, and yep. at the time it's at the time the video game is is pretty good or or maybe it's great for um, yep. for the time, uh, and that's mm-hmm. me mostly mostly like visuals and graphics. Um, yep. Uh, and then your memory of that game, you think that it's like without fault, and then you go back yeah. to it after, and you're like, "This isn't as as great." I feel like I'm digging myself a hole here. I don't. I still think these movies are fantastic. I love them, um, yeah. but I I do feel like they're a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I I think if they had, you done... you feel like they're a little bit, they're a little bit twenty years old. They're yeah, they're dated. Um, <laughs> they're still they're still great. I mean, Star Wars uh a new hope fantastic yep. i love it they did great things uh for the time yep. as well um yep. very dated that movie yeah. is uh uh yeah i mean 
nostalgia is the is is a huge influencer that i mean i I still love that movie i don't know how my kids would take to that one Mm -hmm. um brayden has seen it i know it's definitely not his favorite of the star wars movies my son brayden he's uh he's just a young fella but um yeah he likes he likes the new ones um but yeah i mean it's uh yeah they're great um and they they do hold up but yeah, I think if if they had released the exact same movies, um, maybe maybe be- better CGI because I'm sure that would be uh, doable now. Even though mm-hmm. I mean I can't you can't fault the CGI. You watch CGI now and no, it's no. that's that's not doesn't even seem seem dated necessarily. It's hard to put my finger on, but I feel like if they came out with the exact same movies today, I think they would not do as well. I think there's not necessarily a higher standard. But mm-hmm. it just they yeah it feels a little I don't know old fashioned dated yeah. it's hard to put my finger on it but yeah part of the charm of the movies though is how cool all the practical effects are too that's that's going back and seeing how they did that how they had the the extra the extras that were smaller just to fit in with the rest of the cast and how they shot things oh like, yeah uh, near uh, yeah whether they're standing closer to the camera or further away and then building sets around that and it's just all super cool and i think that definitely adds to the charm of the movies as well oh yeah and, absolutely uh, um mm-hmm. yeah do you just uh it, it's it was neat to see in some of the uh behind the scenes uh when they would lift the curtain on a few of these uh yeah for uh, sure trick shots that they would do right you, if you saw the cart that Gandalf and Frodo are yeah. riding on. Yeah, th- and, that's uh, like, that, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and Frodo's got like the, he's sitting farther back, farther yeah. away, and he's also got like an oversized post that he, yeah. uh, that he has his hand on to make him, him feel small. Um, yeah. Scenes that they had shot in Bag End, and they literally had to build two Bag Ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that it would be to scale to each of them. Um, yeah. And then they had to act without the other person there and make eye contact and yeah, just so cool. Um, what a complicated so cool. movie to make! What a undertaking! But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it turned out turned out super well. All right, so I feel like we have barely scratched the surface of this <laughs> series, but we're 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 running out of time for today. Um, so I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Yeah, so I'm glad to be with you, Justin Cameraman, here at the end of all things. <laughs> Hello, future Andrew here. I just had to cut in for a moment because this is the part of the show where I should have thanked Justin for joining me, and I neglected to do so. So uh, thank you, Justin, for taking time out of your day and joining me on this episode. I really enjoyed talking Lord of the Rings with you, and you are awesome. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening once again. If you would like to write in and correct us on all the things we got wrong, or if you want to send in some of your own thoughts or... um, yeah, it's thoughts or stories about your experiences with Lord of the Rings, feel free to write into the show. You can email me at eldorn14 at gmail.com and we'll get to those in future episodes. Um, but for now, if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. But sad or merry, I must leave it now. Farewell. Farewell.